the word that I'm sharing this morning, but there towards the end, um, I think you want this to be an example. I mean, I was picking up different thoughts, thoughts that were tormenting thoughts to you guys. <sighs> Silly thoughts, some of them. I mean, I'm not reading your mind. I'm not saying that at all, but cares and anxieties of what maybe happened yesterday, what maybe will happen today. Um, thoughts like, um, I forgot to put the roast on, or I didn't get this done in time to get to church. I got to get this done this afternoon because I have to work tomorrow. Those kinds of thoughts that come to torment um, and, and whatever other thoughts there are. But anytime you experience the torment of thoughts, what you need to do is what we just did. Worship the Lord. Get your, get your hands up and your eyes shut so you can't see the grass that's not mowed. Get your, get your eyes shut and your hands up so you can't see the messy house. It doesn't matter. What matters is Jesus is Lord of your life. That's what matters. And we're going to be talking about his lordship. But when you exalt him, and there's other ways you can do that, but when you exalt his lordship in a situation, everything else has to line up. Everything has to line up behind it. Amen? Because, oh, I'm going to get ahead of myself here, but that's okay. Thank you. It's okay. See, we are a three-part person, a three-part being. And most of you know this, some of you don't, but we're a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. So when we exalt Jesus as Lord, if you have made him Lord of your life, and you believed in your heart and you confessed with your mouth, and you've actually made him Lord of your life, and not just a head ascent, but he is Lord of your life, then you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. And when you exalt him as Lord, whether it's in worship, whether it's in a, a verbal declaration, sometimes I will just exalt him as Lord. And sometimes if you're here on Wednesday nights, I do that over the nation. You know, because exalting Jesus as Lord, the angels hearken to that and they start lining everything up. They start bringing everything into place, whether it's your spirit, soul, and body, you're all lined up. That makes you, when you acknowledge Jesus as Lord, your thoughts are no longer on things that I missed or I made mistakes about or things I didn't do right or that fight I just had or that strife I'm in with that person. Your mind is no longer on that. It's on Jesus. And you know what Jesus is going to do about it? He's on, your mind is on the Lord. And you know what he's going to do about it? He's going to take care of it. That's what he's here to do for us. Um, so that's what we're talking about today. And that was kind of neat that he tied that all together. So um, we're going we're gonna to be primarily in, in Psalms, the 23rd Psalm. We're going to be primarily in that. But we're going to go back and forth to a lot of scripture verses. And I'll just tell you, I'm going to make up for last week. <laughs> so if you were here last week, I was done by 11.30. But... I don't think it will be so today. <laughs> so you just better get your seat comfy, um, follow along in your word, and we're going we're gonna to probably hit a lot of things that are familiar to you, hopefully new things. But the thing I want you to come away with today is Jesus is Lord. Amen. He's my Lord, and what he's doing for you, what he did for you, excuse me, and what he continues to do. Like if you've got somebody sitting right next to you, that's where he's sitting. He's sitting next to you. He's right with you. Everything you go to do. 
Now the Holy Spirit has come to help, but Jesus is Lord as well. And whatever the Holy Spirit does, he's heard it first from, from him. Amen? Okay, so 23rd Psalm. And um, I already gave you the first scripture verse, which was, and you can write this down if you like. When we're, I was talking about spirit, soul, and body. That's 1 Thessalonians 5.23. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Amen? You're a three-part being, three parts. So, and you can find that in the word in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Okay, and then when you confess Jesus as Lord, in Romans 10, 9, and 10, you make a declaration, he is Lord. He is Lord, and you've put him in charge of your life. So what he's going to do at that point in time, he's going to do just what the shepherd did in Psalm 23. Everything listed there in Psalm 23 is exactly what's happening for you right now. But you have to follow after him. He's the good shepherd. You have to follow after him. And I know what we just talked about with our thoughts. Our thoughts wants to go over here and wants to be a part of the world activity. And our thoughts want to go over here and be a part of care and anxiety. And so we have to acknowledge him as Lord and he'll line that all up for you. I mean, there are things you need to do, but the Lord is my shepherd. Well, back to um, confessing Jesus as Lord, that um, also in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. New things have come. So, and we're going to look at that whole in context a little bit further down uh, in the message today, but we're going to look at it primarily another scripture verse or another part of that. But all things have passed away. So I, I want you to know, if, if you already know this, fine. If you don't know this, this is how you can get someone born again. If you confess with your mouth because you believe in your heart, then you are saved in Romans 10, 9, and 10. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that if, if you are in Christ, and the only way you get in Christ is by being born again. You're a new creature. That's the only way you can get to an in Christ position is by accepting Jesus as Lord and confessing what he's done for you, repenting of your sin. And that's the only way, the only way you can, you can get to heaven. The only way you can get to heaven. It's the only way. Okay? And so um, now, 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. And if you just take those, I mean, I almost got stuck on just that first line today. Sorry, guys, but there's a lot in that first line. The Lord is my shepherd. Or you can say, the Lord is my shepherd. Or the Lord is my shepherd. My shepherd. And, and so he is your shepherd. Amen? Okay. And so um, let's just look at, let's see. Everything, maybe we should just read this through. I think that would be a good idea. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou dost prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou hast anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, 
goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Okay, first of all, the Lord, that is the same as saying Jehovah. He is existing one. That means he's existing. He is the existing one. He's not in the grave, and he didn't stay in the grave, but he's existing. He rose again. Amen? And so everything that we read there is everything that he is doing. He's feeding us. He's guiding us. He's protecting us. He's leading us to green pastures. Um, he's, he's comforting us. He is your Lord. Amen? Okay, now in Colossians, and you can just keep your finger there in Psalms, and Colossians 1.3, this is what happened when you confess Jesus as Lord. Um, Colossians 1.13, I'm sorry. For he delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. We went from a place of darkness or place of sin when you accept Jesus as the Lord to a place of light and heaven and hope and prosperity and healing and blessing amen we went to that place that's the place we went to a minute we accepted jesus the lord okay philippians 3:20, and and like i said i'm just going to move you through the scripture verses a lot of them so philippians 3:20. um for our citizenship no longer is here our citizenship is not here on this earth our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then it goes on to talk about our transformation. But our citizenship is here. I know you're sitting in those chairs, but actually you're seated together with him in, in heavenly places in a spiritual position. But our citizenship is there, and the reason we are here is to do what he's told us to do in Mark 16. We're to preach the gospel, we're to lay hands on the sick, and we're to cast out devils. That's the reason we're here. And, and uh, I know there's areas where, you know, we, we, we have a family, and we need to work to provide for that family, and God knows that, and he honors that, you know. But primarily, our focus is on what, what is my calling, and what can I do for you today, tomorrow? What can I do for you in a year's time? What do you want me doing for you, Lord? What can I do? That's, that's what we're here for, okay? Um, let's see. Um, Hebrews, let's look at Hebrews 13, 8, and I've got to do some explanation with that a little bit, but 13, 8. Um, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today, yes, and forever. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, well, I'm going to stay on it for a little bit. You're all right. Uh, Hebrews um, 13.8. And so he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we a lot of times will use that scripture verse in talking about healing or talking about meeting our needs. But I just want to draw this, this correlation. You know, when Moses was in... Um, uh, when he was leading them out of Egypt, remember all of their needs were met. Uh, manna came down. Um, they didn't have any lack of anything. Every day manna came down. And um, they were always where there was water. They were always protected. There was none sick among them. And um, 
Uh, let's see, there was something else. Well, they were, always, they were always taken care of, no matter what. And so, so I want you to see that. That was happening then. For, for them in Egypt, they were being led out. And it is a type and example of what we have. And Moses was like their shepherd. He was taking care of them. And he got them in a place of protection. And even when they got to the Red Sea, that was all taken care of. They were able to walk through that. Talk about walking through a valley, the shadow of death. They were able to walk through that and not look at the big, huge water piled up on each side of them. But they were walking through that. And he took them, he protected them through that. So, so Jesus, when he was here on the earth, he did the same thing. He was feeding the 5,000. Well, it was more than that, but he was feeding them. He was healing the sick, and he was protecting. Amen? So now he is still doing that for us in the, in, in that he had to go, but he sent the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into all truth and to show us things to come and to bring us into a place of protection if we need it to be. Amen? Um, okay, so... Uh, Okay, let's look at um, just one second. I'm going to see. Um, I, I think we will look at this one right now. Um, Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4. Also, a shepherd, he is our, he is our special friend. He is our help and he knows everything about us. And um, in Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, it says, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession that he is Lord. Amen? For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness. He's experienced everything that we experience. There isn't one thing he's not experienced that, that we've experienced here on earth. Okay, he's, he's not, uh, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We draw close to the throne of grace. We draw close to Jesus as Lord. He is our Lord. Amen. He is our Lord, and we have to draw close to that. We have to keep that before us. Otherwise, we're going to get off in, in a, a deep valley. Amen? Okay, so let's look at Philippians. Uh, well, let's look at back to, if you've got your hand in the 23rd Psalm. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That is a, this whole thing should be a daily confession and not wanting Psalms, the 23rd Psalm. And Philippians 4.19, then hold your finger there. And Philippians 4.19, and if, if I do end up going too fast for you, just jot it down and look it up later. I'll try not to go real fast. I did that last week too. Um, so I shall not want. So the New Testament counterpart for that is and my God shall, my God shall. It doesn't say that he might. It doesn't say that it's already done. But my God shall supply all your needs. 
What's your needs? When you think of needs, you think of money. What's your need? He's going to supply all your needs. Well, it's emotional needs as well. He's, it's food. It's, it's finances. It's a car. It's a um, friendship, having friends. You know, I've had, I, people call me up and they say, I don't have anybody to fellowship with. And I said, well, you ask the Lord. I said, I've been there and that's happened to me in the times past. But you ask the Lord and he'll meet that need. He wants to meet every need you have. He says, and my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He wants to meet the needs that you have. Amen? And so you can say, I shall not want with confidence knowing that he will meet every need you have. Every need. And he's never behind and he's never late. He'll meet every need you have. Amen? Amen. Okay. First book is done. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyway, anyway. so now the next part, he makes me. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He makes me lie down. And you think about, as I study this word out, it says to stretch yourself out. And just think about laying under a tree in a nice warm breeze, laying under a tree in, in, in grass, and it's just a beautiful day, and the sun's shining, and you're in the shade. It's a beautiful day. That's, that's what it's saying. He makes me lie down in green pastures, in a place of comfort, in a place of rest, in a place of oh, everything is okay. That's what he's, he's going to make you lie down in green pastures. Now, he's going to continue to lead you to green grass. You know, green grass, green pastures. He's going to always be filling you with his desire for you amen so he's going to make you lie down he's going to cause you to rest he's going to cause you to be calm he's going to cause you to be at peace with things as you have made him lord of your life and you focus on him that's what you can have every day that calm tranquil rest amen can you sense that you sense that presence of the Lord right now got a little stronger we talked about <laughs> the calm presence of the Lord actually when you declare him as Lord maybe that's what he's wanting to say when you declare him as Lord you're welcoming him as you're welcoming welcoming him his presence in your life you're declaring he's he's Lord of my life and his presence is welcome you sometimes you'll hear me say that as I pray on a Sunday morning I would just welcome your presence, Lord. I want to hear what he's got to say to me. And so I welcome him. Amen? Okay. So um, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Uh, he makes me rest. Um, if you aren't in a pleasant, this is something that the Lord told me and I wrote it down. If you aren't in a pleasant place or if you're not in a peaceful place, if you're not in a calm place, if you're not in a place of everything is okay, then um, Jesus isn't Lord right then. I'm not saying he's not Lord of your life, but what you need to do is get him back in a place of he is Lord right now. He's Lord over that circumstance. He's Lord over my family. He's Lord over a care and anxiety I have. I'm going to cast it on you, Lord. I'm not going to think about it. I'm going to give it to you because, see, then he can work with it. If you are in care and anxiety, nobody is working with it but you. 
If you're in care and anxiety, it's, it, it's not going to happen. It's not going to go anywhere. You have to give it to the Lord. You have to give it to the Lord. And you've heard me teach that before, but it is so important because God wants to work with it. He wants to rearrange it. He wants to make it okay. And so you have to give that care and anxiety or that tough spot or that um, trouble you're in. You have to give it to the Lord so he can mold it and make it and make it come out okay. All right? Or beautiful or... Um, all things working together for good. But you have to give it to the Lord. You have to do that. You just have to do that. It, it just won't work unless you do. So, so if you're not in a, in a pleasant place or a peaceful place or a calm place, um, then get Jesus as Lord over whatever situation you're dealing with. Get him Lord. Repent. Repent for being in care and anxiety or repent for letting something else be Lord of your life. Because we do that. We let a circumstance be Lord or we let an individual be Lord of our life. And, and that isn't what should happen. He's Lord. So you can repent for idolatry. You can repent for um, being in care and anxiety. You can repent for being in fear and torment. And then humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and resist the devil, and he's going to flee from you. And then acknowledge Jesus as Lord. You have to declare his lordship, okay? Okay. Um, next, he leads me beside quiet waters. Well, he's always, he's always wanting to lead us beside quiet waters. And again, is that place of tranquility, that place of peace, and so if, if you take time to get before him, like we were talking about in worship or praying in your prayer language or just meditating on a scripture verse, if you take time to get before him, he's going to show you, he's going to show you if you're not being led by peaceful, calm waters. He's going to show you that. I, and there's times, and I, I can talk from experience, I know there's times that I didn't know there was a problem. I didn't know, but I, I would try to get into worship and I was just so bothered about And I didn't know, but as I pressed into worship, the Lord revealed to me I had some ought against somebody, or I wasn't walking in love, or I was anxious. As soon as I dealt with that, I had no problem getting into his presence. And that's, that's how you can know that you're, that's what's going on. When he's leading us into a, 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 um, beside quiet waters, when he leads us beside quiet waters, um, there'll be rest, there'll be refreshing. Um, sometimes I, I, as I was preparing this, sometimes I hear people talk about seasons. Well, I'm in this season, or I'm in this season. Well, when the grass is gone and the water needs to be replenished, he's going to lead you into a new season or a new place in your walk with him. Maybe you've, some of you have experienced that, where you've come to a place where you've dealt with a fear thing, let's say, and, and there's a place of rest and freedom. Well, then he's going to lead you into implementing how you got free. Maybe he's going to bring people across your door to talk to you about how you got free. Or he's, gonna, he's just going to lead you into these places, into um, uh, quiet waters, amen? He's going to lead you 
into quiet waters. Beside quiet waters, excuse me, not into them, but beside them, okay? It's a place of refreshing, a rest, um, to help you um, to sustain yourself in your walk with the Lord. Amen? Okay. He... Um, Um, he restores my soul. He restores my soul. Uh, and again, the soul is made up of the mind, the will, and the emotions. He's going to restore that. And so as you come into a place of um, rest and a place of quietness, you have that opportunity for him to restore your soul and, and bring it actually a healing. Sometimes there's hurts and wounds, and he can bring a healing or a place of freedom or a place of, of um, wholeness to you or even a healing. Because um, most of the time, sickness and disease will start in the soul area and manifest into the physical body. So, so it's, it's important that we restore our soul, and we can, it's the mind, the will, and the, remo the emotions. The mind we need to like do in Philippians 4 where it says cast the care upon the Lord for he cares for you with thanksgiving. Make your definite requests known to him. And, and, um, and then also, well, let's just turn there. I think we, we need to look at these, these scripture verses because if we don't look at them, it's just, it's just really important. It's easy for the enemy to come and take them away. You know, I, I think it's good for us to look at them and get them in our, in our, um, actually see them <laughs> where they are in our word. Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, make your exact requests known to God with thanksgiving. Let, let the exact requests be known to God, your exact requests, Okay. So you're casting, you're anxious for nothing, you're casting the care, and you're praying your prayer out exactly the way, you know, um, to God, a definite request to the Lord. Okay, then you go on down, and it talks about the peace of God guarding your heart, and then it goes on in verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, think on these things, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, if there is any excellence, if anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. Your mind needs to dwell on Jesus as Lord and on the good things and the lovely things and so that he'll, it will bring a restoration to your soul. Amen? So we need to um, uh, also in Matthew 11. Matthew 11. Um, 28. Verses 28 and 30, 28 through 30. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Again, talking about the cares that we just talked about, and I told you what to do with them. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my load is light. Our loads shouldn't be heavy. They shouldn't be heavy, but we can cast that load upon the Lord and find rest for our souls. Amen? Okay, so, so that's the New Testament, what to do to bring yourself into restoring your soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness 
Um, um, actually, if we just look at that 2 Corinthians 5.17 again, I believe that will... Um, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely that God was in Christ reconciling the world. I'm going to go on down to verse 21. He made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. We have become the righteousness of God in him. That was 2 Corinthians 5, um, 20, 21, that last verse. So we are to, um, he guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So he's going to guide, as you make him Lord, he's going to keep you in a right standing position. And, and it's interesting, do you see? Everything that we've been talking about all has to do with us staying focused on him and staying in a right standing position or staying in a, a place of being carefree, anxious free, <laughs> carefree, anxious free, uh, worry free about situations that he is, he is Lord of. Didn't he say he would meet every need that you have? He said he would. So, so we get ourselves off of the path of righteousness by thinking and then by doing. We meditate on something that isn't right. We may see it or meditate on it that's not right. We meditate, we meditate, we meditate. We meditate and pretty soon we're clear over here that isn't the path of righteousness anymore. But as long as we are staying focused on him and we're doing what we know to do, he's going to yank you back. Just like, just like the shepherd did, they had carried two clubs. They carried one. This needs more of a hook, more of a hook. But they grabbed the sheep, and sometimes they were in a, um, uh, a valley, and sometimes those valleys were very, very steep, and they just had a little ledge to walk on. And so if they heard, if they heard a, a, a sheep that was slipping, they would grab that sheep by, by their legs with a hook and yank them back up on that ledge again. They would do that, and, and, and they would protect them that way and take care of them that way. The other, the other um, stick that they carried was, was a, this, this was a staff. The rod had a big club thing on the end of it, and that way they beat off those that were, the, the animals that were trying to steal and kill the sheep. They beat them off, beat them off good. Amen? <laughs> so, so we kind of jumped down to the rod and the staff, but I wanted you to see how he can pull you back as long as you stay focused. You may get clear over here, but you recognize, oh, I, Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. He's my Lord. And he'll, he'll yank you back over here so fast you won't even know what happened. But he'll get you back in line. But you have to stay focused on him. You have to acknowledge him as Lord, and, and he'll, he'll yank you back. Okay, um, and for his name's sake, I'll just add this in there. What we do is to bring him glory. So he's going he's gonna to bring us back into the right position, but it will bring him glory for his name's sake. Amen? Okay, so even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Fear no evil. 
Okay, so... Um, I kind of talked about that a little bit, but a lot of times it's a steep valley. It's a narrow, very narrow gorge, and it's very steep, and it's far down. And so um, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Well, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So as we acknowledge him as Lord, and we, if you just take this, like I said earlier, and meditate and, and confess this scripture verse, and let it become real to you, there would be nothing that would try to f- make you fearful. Because you'd be able to say, uh-uh, God hasn't given me a spirit of fear. I'm not going to fear. Because his rod and his staff, they comfort me. He's going to take care of me. Because I'm doing what he told me to do. I'm, I'm declaring him as Lord. I'm doing what he said to do. I'm doing what he said to do in the word. I'm casting the care upon the Lord. I'm, I'm trusting in him. He said not to want. I'm not wanting. I'm not wanting. But he's going to take care of you. Amen? He is going to take care of you. I will not fear. Um, we're, we should be identifying with what Jesus did on the cross, not what the world is doing. We identify with the cross, the death, burial, and resurrection, what he did and took away from us, and then we should be identifying with that, not with what the world... See, the, the, um, the word is the truth. Now, we deal with a lot of facts, and the facts are um, there is sickness and disease, and there's this kind of disease and this, this kind of disease, but the truth is, by Jesus' stripes, we were healed. That's the truth. And the truth out trumps, outweighs the facts. Okay? Um, let's say you, you have a big bill coming the end of this month. The truth is all your needs are met according to his riches and glories in Christ, in Christ Jesus. He will meet every need you have. That's the truth. The fact is the big bill's coming due. But the truth is he said he'd meet every need you have. Now, he's going to give you wisdom. He may tell you how to do it. He may talk to you about how to do it, and you do hear his voice, and the voice of a stranger you don't follow. None of us should be following the voice of a stranger. The voice of a stranger wants to get you to believe the facts instead of what the truth says. Did you hear that? The voice of a stranger wants you to believe the facts and not the truth. Okay? All right. I believe it or not, I am not giving you everything I got on this paper, but you're getting, you're getting what I believe the Lord wants to do. Um, so, no evil. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Amen? Now, and, and I didn't say this at the beginning, but a lot of, a lot of this scripture verse is used at funerals a lot. It's not, it's not talking about death. And it's not talking about that they have a home in heaven now. It's not talking about that. It's talking about victory. We, as the church, have the victory. Right now. Not when we get to heaven, but right now. We have, we have the victory. Okay. So, thou dost prepare. Verse 5. I'm in verse 5 now, if you're following along in Psalm 23rd. Thou dost prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Um, 
that prepares the table. It means it's, 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 you know, when you set a table, you set it and you arrange it, and, and, and it's in front of your enemies. But as I was studying this out, it talked about battle array. Battle array. It's, it's set in, in array for battle. But see, the Lord has, we have the victory. The battle belongs to him. And so I had this cartoon. You guys probably have seen this before. Maybe you've seen it, Red Skelton. I don't know, that's kind of a long time. Might be before you guys. But anyway, Red Skelton, I don't know how many of you remember it. No, maybe I'm the only one that remembers Red Skelton. But anyway, or a cartoon. And here's this, here's this guy that's oblivious to anything going on around him. And he's, he's walking... He, he doesn't see that these people are fighting over here. He doesn't see that this car almost ran into him. He doesn't see that somebody's about ready to hit him with a, a big, big something. And he doesn't see any of that. He's just walking. Ho-hum, I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, and I'm not fearing any evil. And none of those things are coming near him because the rod and thy staff, they comfort me and they protect me. Amen? And so he's just oblivious to any of that going on. You ever seen that cartoon where he, he's just not paying any attention? There's a car about ready to fall on his head. He doesn't even know it's there, you know? Doesn't know it's there. <laughs> I'm purposing to be carefree with everything like that. Amen? Everything like that. That's the church. The church should be that way. And you know when you're in a place of being carefree and a place of rest and a place of peace, you're going to just get, God's going to just get everything through to you, period. It's in that place of rest, in that place of quietness, in that place of presence, that you're going to hear his voice. Because this is, wants to be noisy. It wants to be noisy like we talked about in the beginning. It wants to be loud and noisy, and it wants to be in charge. But if you get yourself into that place of peace and just, I don't care. The enemy's over here, but I don't care. The enemy's over here, but I don't care. I'm about ready to get dropped on by a two-ton boulder, but I don't care. God's, God's got it. He's taking care of it. He's taking care of it. Amen? Okay, so. Uh, thou dost prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou hast anointed my head with oil. My cup overflowed. He wants to meet every need you have. He wants to bless you and take care of you because you are, you are doing everything in his name's sake and you're bringing him glory and honor. Amen? So the oil, again, the oil there is, is richness or, or fruitful or fat. And your cup is your lot or what, what is holding it all together. That's, that's yours. Um, and running, runneth over, saturation, sat, wealthy, abundant drink, abundance, um, see, Jesus came that we might have abundant life. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came that you might have life and you have it abundantly. You have it abundantly. But he is and he has to be Lord. He has to be Lord. You can't have, you can't have your foot over here in the world and you can't have it over here declaring Jesus is Lord. You have to have it. You have to, you have to, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. And if you got your foot over here, then you better get it over here. And if you find out it's over here and you didn't know it today when we're talking, get it, get it over here. Get, repent of that. Get rid of it. 
Deal with it. Get it, get it over here. He's going to show you where, where you need to grow up at. Um, see, we're supposed to seek first his kingdom. Seek first his kingdom. And everything that you know, uh, we have need of will be added to us. I mean, work, work, the word, the word is um, works, guys. The word works. I, 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 would, I, I would start confessing this scripture verse. Believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth and watch the abundance roll in. Amen? Amen? Amen. Watch him line you up with where you're missing it. Watch him meet every need that you and your family has. Amen? Okay, so. Uh, surely. Oh, my cup overflows. <laughs> I don't think I read that one, but my cup overflows. We want it to overflow. I mean, I can remember in times past, Dick would say, you can stop believing for stoves. I mean, I think I had three dishwashers given to me. You can stop believing for dishwashers now, <laughs> you know. But just things like that would, I mean, we never had a stove for several years. But we always, I mean, when we were first married. Um, but we had three stoves to use. I mean, they were, when one was gone, the next one came, and the next one came. And finally, the last one that I have right now was one of those new, more elaborate ones. And it was given to me too. So... He, he wants to meet your needs. He wants to meet your needs, amen? He does, he does. Okay, surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. Goodness and loving kindness, it's gonna, shall follow. Another word you can put in there, it's gonna chase you. It's gonna chase you. Goodness and kindness and faithfulness and favor. I know some of you probably experienced having favor with your boss or favor with a family member or favor with a friend. That's all part of that, goodness and kindness and, and um, all the days of your life. That's not just Monday through Friday, but it's all the days of your life. It's not just Sunday, but it's every day. Goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Again, it's a declaration. I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm going to dwell. Um, let me look at this one first. I'm, I'm not sure I want to close with this. Oh, let me see first. Let me see, folks. <laughs> I think this is a good one to close. It's Luke 6, 46 through 49. Luke 6, 46 through 49. And why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts upon them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation upon the rock. And when a flood rose, the torrent burst against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who has heard and has not acted accordingly is like a man who built a house upon the ground without any foundation and the torrent burst against it and immediately it collapsed and the ruin of that house was great. So our foundation is on who? Who's our foundation built on? 
the Lord. Jesus says, Lord, that's our foundation. Amen? And a house needs to be built on that. And in, in a house that's built on that will last and last and last. And the things that come against that house um, will have no effect. Will have any effect. Whether it's sickness and disease that comes against that house, there will be no effect. Whether it's poverty that comes against that house, there will be no effect. Whatever it is that comes against that house, your house will stand. And you can use you as an example, or you can use your family. The house is your family, or you as the house. Whatever it is, if it's built on a good, solid foundation, the enemy can try, but he can't prevail against the truth. Amen? Amen. Father, we just want to thank you for your word today. That, Father, it is alive and active and sharper than a two-edged sword. And I thank you, Father, that it's piercing their hearts, even as, I, as, I, as we speak right now. And that, Father, we just um, ask you to bring to their remembrance that which you need them to know and need to remember and need to put to work in their life. I thank you, Father, for greater is he that's in us and he is in this world, and that you divinely protect us as we go, divinely protect those who are traveling and on the road, and we just give you all the praise and the glory. And we love you, Father. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Holy Spirit. And we just thank you for your presence here today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen.